everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Reading Party Podcast with Megan and Lexi. This episode continues our season looking at modern retellings of the Iliad and the Odyssey, ancient epics known for both brutal violence and instances of sexual assault. This episode is not suitable for under-18s. We hope you have your favourite beverage and snack ready to go, because we've got our teas and are ready to start spilling the tea on our latest ancient story. Hello, everyone. It is Lexi. Megan is away traveling in the UK to see family, which is super exciting. But anyway, this week we are looking at Troy the Odyssey, a crazy, crazy film that's got a lot of weird accents, some really bizarre set choices and armor. And I mean, there's a Kraken. So what's not to love? We've got a lot of hot takes. And so let's get right into those. It was like, I really, I was kind of like, oh, do I have to keep watching this one? Can I just stop after the first 10 really minutes? Don't. Like, yeah. I no, really wasn't feeling it. So I made notes. But yeah, what did you feel? Did, did you actually enjoy watching this? So I didn't to begin with. Like you, I started it and just thought, what even is this? What accents are we using here? Because there are a myriad of different options and one of the actors switches accents because I suspect she's what well, she started with her original voice and then they dubbed over her but they didn't catch all of the dubbing um I actually rewound it to check that I wasn't going crazy and she did start out <laughs> with I think a Greek accent and then suddenly was an American um it, it was it was interesting and once I had to like mentally make the switch from watching for like enjoyment and uh, and for a, a retelling of the Odyssey and kind of switch it to why are they doing, what are they doing and how is it interesting once I made that switch it was better but it's um, and I always feel bad saying this because I'm sure they did a much better job than I would have done but the acting is not spectacular I would especially like to draw the listener's attention to Agamemnon oh no who well yes <laughs> Oh my god. He's this like aggressively Aussie Agamemnon with a mohawk and he's like rah rah. He's just a bad actor. The accent is a little jarring but you know what I could forgive it if he was a better actor but it's just awful. Genuinely awful and he it, the opening is so Odysseus standing on the beaches of Troy and then it cuts to several years prior with Odysseus in like bed with Penelope and she's heavily pregnant and then Agamemnon just strides in and why mm, yes interesting very interesting choice there um yeah it was it was fascinating it was fascinating I have a lot. I mean, okay. I will. I will say as well that um, for you, it, I'm glad it got better when you switched from entertainment to analyzing. For me, it was the opposite it got worse. because I, 
I started with trying to analyze it and then it made me so crazy because everything was so You're like, no, I can't, I can't do yeah, this. It was like so wrong that I was like, no, I need to shift into entertainment brain because any other way I look at this, it will be completely ruined, which I mean, it was anyway, but. Um, oh, it was a mess. It was an absolute mess. I, I will just say I made. I have a long ass document of notes on my phone because I couldn't, I just couldn't keep it in. So basically every single sentence on my phone ends with a billion question marks or exclamation points and a whole lot of LOLs Amazing. and what the fucks. Um, the first thing I want to draw attention to is when we start the movie, you see Troy, you basically see the walls of Troy. Um, and you know when the very first thing you see is is wrong that you're gonna be in for a rough time because my first instinct was what the fuck the trojan wall it looks like a roman wall okay those brick patterns are only seen in roman times it was literally like a big red roman wall with a very randomly placed metal door I did I did want to ask what was your opinion of Achilles armor choices because he has like a leather kilt and leather shoulder pads and nothing protecting his internal organs <laughs> um well here's the thing I think this Achilles is competing with the one from Helen of Troy for worse fucking he was Achilles. a he was a better actor fine he was a better he was actor. a better actor every other choice <laughs> was awful i didn't even recognize it was him until like 10 minutes in because they don't they don't like tell you immediately you just see i mean they barely introduce these people all you know is that when, when you even first see agamemnon the only reason you know it's him because some like dude runs into the bedroom and just goes my king agamemnon requests your presence and i was like oh okay so that means it's like a messenger right who has been sent saying agamemnon requests your presence you have to meet him on the beaches or no. you go no. to his kingdom like normal because i was like the first thing going through my mind was historically the kings didn't fucking travel to you if you're their liege lord. You basically send out riders and say, you will come to me and kiss the ring and then I will ship you out and tell you what we're doing. But nope, nope. He just fucking strolls in and I'm like, why the fuck would this king all the way from far, far away Mycenae go all the way to Ithaca, which is like far as hell and alone. He was like alone. I have so many criticisms, but he was alone and he was like and he said this creepy thing where he like comes in and he's like okay it's time to stop betting your wife right stop fucking we have to get like <laughs> they were snuggling sir because you're making him leave his very pregnant wife to possibly go and kill himself somewhere they are allowed to snuggle yeah so i was just like mm -hmm. also the fact that she was pregnant with telemachus and he was born by then. Is she supposed to be I Egyptian as well? Well, no. Like, doesn't he call her something to do with something about her eyes? I don't um, remember what his little pet name for her is, but it felt Egyptian. I don't remember, but also, okay, Penelope in this is like Filipina, okay? She's, mm. and then she has like a Filipina maid. I, I... And then a ginger blonde son. Yeah, who literally shares none of 
their features. I am like, what is going on? But also, the casting was interesting. The casting was interesting. The accents were just beyond the pale of whatever was happening. But also, if you're looking for historically accurate, these men had buzz cuts <laughs> and mohawks. And what happened to their long ass hair? Because that's what they would have had. No, no. So um, that was like it's it's it kind of felt like someone took the Viking like docu series and and um, I can't remember the name of the TV show, but like the Vikings TV show and kind of mushed them into classical costumes. Kind, except like you the Vikings. No, also, the Vikings yeah. would have long hair mm. too. So this was just yeah. plain. It just felt weird. This was clearly contemporary I, no you know what this was this was roman because all their fucking buildings look roman and the romans when you went into the roman army are the ones who were like okay and now you will have the short hair and you don't want this and that and they had all these grooming standards and whatever for their professional army i mean i just had so many questions but okay so we skip over like the entire trojan war because apparently after you see them leaving for troy then they're suddenly on a beach saying we don't know how to get in and i want to go home and then agamemnon's like well i'm gonna tell everyone you're a coward <laughs> and then he was like well if i get your men in can i go home now and he's like yeah baby you get me in you can do whatever sure. you want and i was like okay fine and then um they're on a beach with one tent well, so wait so before we before yes. we get there the whole Agamemnon and Troy, like, we know that they're kind of weird already, but he's saying all these bizarre things about how it's, like, flamboyant. I'm like, is that code for gay? Oh. Are we being homophobic or are we just being weird? It was very strange. And then Odysseus and Agamemnon are discussing how the Trojans uh, love their giant statues. Oh. Because of their flamboyantness. It was it was a little strange. Right, right. There was that weird like I I I kind of want to say like I was I guess I sort of got what they were trying to go for, which is like, yeah, they worship idols and it's weird cuz they're statues, but I'm also like, honey, this is fucking ancient Greece. So, of course they everyone worship worships idols. Exactly. So I'm like, that's not out of the or I was like, you're Greeks. Of course you worship idols too. What the hell? Um clearly either someone didn't do their research or no, no one did their research. I don't think <laughs> no one did research. <laughs> no, I mean maybe they read the original source material and then were like, "Okay, okay, I think I know how I'm going to adapt this." But there was no other details, like cinematographic or, or otherwise. Um, also, the costuming. I don't know what this film's budget was. The thing is, this this movie was made in 2017. Okay, you can get a big-ass budget if you propose anything classical, because that's clearly within the dates of, like, this, this classical renaissance of film. Mm -hmm. So you can get a large budget, and it looks like it's... I mean, they skimped on it because... Oh, my God. I think the costumes are all from their local Halloween store, and the scenery was generally made out of cardboard. Yeah, or just massively CGI'd. Mm -hmm. um, well, anyway, yeah. So I guess my next biggest thing was um, when when they are trying to figure out how to, you know, get the horse into Troy. My problem was also, this is supposed to be the most massive army in the world. And then you see one tent with like five people. Uh, and then you are supposed to believe that they 
built the horse because there was no one there. <laughs> and then even when they're in the Trojan horse, you see like 10 guys. And then I just cackled because, well, when they get out of the horse and then open Troy's gates to let, you know, this massive army in. Come on. if you're... There's another 12 dudes. Yeah, it's literally like 10 people. So I'm like, um, you could have just used CGI and put like 50,000 people. Some more people. It just looked so pathetic. Yeah, so, and then Priam had a very French accent. It was the most French accent. Yep. And and it wasn't even, like, good. It was, like, the most stereotypical this and that and I am French. And I'm like, come on. Come on. Please. You're insulting French people now, okay? <laughs> and, and... The thing that really seriously tips me off, we're about, what, 10 minutes in, maybe. The thing that really tips me off that this was going to just be a, a magnificent journey of complete fabrication was the fact that Cersei is A, a Trojan, B, a priestess, and C, come some kind of like warrior shield maiden who advises the king of Troy. <laughs> so she's there, she's discovered this giant fucking wooden horse and she's brought the king out. I mean, as you would, fair enough. And she's telling him, like, no, we have to burn this at the temple. Why is she there? What? It was, it was really, it was infuriating and then it was really interesting. Because what they've done, I think quite cleverly, someone clearly has read the Odyssey. Whoever wrote this has clearly read the Odyssey. And obviously don't know actual research into history, um, but read the Odyssey. And then kind of taken as much of it as they can to try and weave this new story. So you get, as you're going through, little points that definitely did are recorded in the Odyssey, but then they're kind of mushed with other things and characters are, are like picked up and moved around. And it was very interesting. So when one of the things I think we talked about when we did our predictions episode was how on earth do you fit all of this information into one story? especially if you're doing a movie because you've got time constraints, you can't, it's just very difficult. So what they've done is taken the majority of, of what's covered. So like we don't get Nausicaa, um, which is unfortunate, but they've taken a lot of it and like shortened it and moved things around. So you get as many of the elements as is possible. So you've got Cersei. She doesn't really bear any resemblance to the Cersei in the story, except that she is like, she's, She's a very powerful woman, right? Cersei in the original is badass. She changes everyone into pigs and, and like keeps Odysseus prisoner. And that's, that's for a woman of the time, even a, like a, a demigoddess, that's impressive. This Cersei is mortal, but she is really a force to be reckoned with in a, like a more militaristic sense. But she does also have the, like the bizarre connection to um, like the supernatural we will get to that shortly because that's just a whole other thing in and of itself um but it was interesting to to see them do that unexpected but i thought it was an interesting way to try and get more of the source material in than they had time for but it was very weird i i, I don't even i mean okay i will say i like how there what if you're gonna do your own thing do it and I, mm. okay, fine. I'll give them that. Like, they they took the original sort of structure and then they added to it with their own crazy shit, which I didn't really appreciate. But you know what? <laughs> At least they really didn't try to just pretend it's like 
mm. you know, the source material. So, okay, fine. So I did like how they gave us a strong female character. I did appreciate that. She was cool. And the actress was, like, super hot. So she was. I would t- totally just, yeah, watch her do whatever. But, yeah, I... Well, we, we'll get to all that she does later, but kind of going still sort of chronologically. Mm-hmm. Curse of the Kraken? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it sounds like they were literally merging the Odyssey and Clash of the Titans mm-hmm. plotline. Yeah. Which, um, very different. Yes, okay. and it makes me wonder if, like, so they don't have Scylla and Charybdis, that's one of the things they avoid, which is confusing, because if you have a giant sea monster, there are already two included in the Odyssey, so maybe use those ones instead of just bringing a completely random one in. Um, but yes, that was interesting. Also, the fact that the Kraken will never harm a Trojan, never explained, absolutely never explained. And Priam has to kill himself in order to get this giant kraken thing, which was, like, surprisingly gory and explicit. Like, what? No, thank you. He just is... He just yeah. stands at this altar, just, like, slices his throat and just goes, like, and I die. And I'm like, oh, 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 okay, okay. So that was really hilarious. But I think what bothered me more, we see mm. Paris and Helen for all of about two seconds. And it was so hilarious i think i just, my jaw was on the floor because you literally see him run um and 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 then you see uh, prime cersei paris and helen and cersei's like okay no 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 you have to enact the, the curse of the crack and you have to go summon it and so paris and helen he's they're just like father yes you should do that and then he's like okay um i'll see you two later Defend your country. Defend your country. Bye. So he runs off with Cersei. And then literally two seconds later, you see Paris and Helen spin around, only for Agathem Don to be right in their faces. Who is apparently Helen's husband. Yeah, there's no Menelaus. But Menelaus does exist because he's mentioned right at the end of the movie. Yeah. He's not at Troy. He's not related to Helen in any way. He's just a random king of Sparta. Who knows where the hell he is during the siege? No one. Nah, it's not important. So, but Agamemnon is definitely married to Helen. Yeah, so he likes... And this was so honoring. I'm So, like, Paris sees him, kind of just, like, gets a case of the scaredy cat, goes... <gasps> and then... Men, and, and, and then Agamemnon just like stabs him with just just kind of stabby stab and then he's mm-hmm. like oh and I die and I'm like did he just die without a fight did he just die um okay and, and like Helen just like stands there she doesn't run away She the thing that annoys me right. most are when like people just do those dumbass things where they like <gasps> stand when someone's about to kill you or they're just so shocked and then so she did nothing, like, sane, like a normal person. She just, like, stands there, watches him, like, brutally murder Paris, and then just kind of wilts into the wall like a shrinking violet. And I'm like, okay, well, and goodbye. <laughs> um, also, yep. can I just point out, did Troy look a bit like Atlantis to you? or because it was like it was like rome or atlantis or a mixture of the two yeah it was i felt like especially with agamemnon's comments i felt like troy was being kind of cast as this strange exotic mythical place 
And you kind of see that in, or we saw that in Troy Fall of a City, right? They have the like heavy eyeliner and very orientalizing costumes. So I think we've got something like that going on, but it was definitely, it was a weird amalgamation of a bunch of stuff. All I noticed is that there was a shit ton of white marble and red terracotta roofs. I'm like, this literally looks Roman. Um, actually, my first thought was, it looks like the Vatican. <laughs> it's literally the Vatican, um, just with white marble. So that was, yeah, really, just no words, no words. So I will, I was like, okay, whatever. And then when it skips again from the death of, well, like three people essentially, you have Odysseus and his ship, which is basically a raft for five people. I was going to say, it's like a rowboat. <laughs> it's, the, it's the saddest, most tiny pathetic rowboat. ship. I was like, nah, that's, that's not a ship. That's not a boat. That, that's a raft. And, and when I say there were like five people, guys, I'm not lying. It was actually like five people. It was actually five people. Odysseus leaves with himself, Circe, his old advisor dude, and two warrior friends. That, that is the whole of the rest of the cast for the voyage. And I use the term voyage very loosely because Odysseus is now being cursed. He's being chased by a kraken. But as long as he has Circe with him, he is safe because Cer uh, Circe is a Trojan and the kraken will never harm a Trojan. I'm like, oh, sure, why not? It makes about as much sense as anything else. But then they get to this island and Circe has this cool little children's nursery rhyme about it and it's a siren's island and and Odysseus says no no they do the whole wax in your ears tie me to the mast thing except then he jumps overboard and swims towards the island and this was I felt this was very interesting because they take the siren and calypso and the lotus eaters and again mush it into one episode so you've got Circe uh, no you've got calypso being a siren and luring him in so he's lord he goes he stays she feeds him some kind of like rose petals or something and he you get the feeling that he like he knows kind of who he is he knows there is a wife he knows he wants to leave but also he has no idea how long he's been there absolutely none um so that was i thought that was that was an interesting way to take the different elements of a very long voyage and make them into one kind of adventure episode thing. No, I did. I did enjoy how they tried to cram stuff in. It just was like in a really weird way. Also, my <laughs> other thought during the Siren episode was Cersei basically just says, oh, they don't affect me because I'm a woman. I'm like, where yep. where was that written in mythology? I've what? Uh, uh, OK, I was just like, I, I'm very confused. So, yeah, everyone puts wax in their ears, except for Cersei. Cersei and Odysseus. And she's just and like Odysseus. sitting there like, no, it's not real. And I'm like, honey, you would be under a spell too. Like, come on. But uh, yeah. And, and, and then when they're on Calypso's island, it looked like Thailand. <laughs> it did. <laughs> like all the buildings were very Asiatic. It was literally like what I think of as like Thailand. And it was really weird uh, and and while he's trapped there we finally go back to Ithaca which that's a whole thing <laughs> um okay it is like when you're when you first go back I think they flash that it's year 1147 BC or something and then the first thing you see is this dining hall. And be behind the table of the suitors in these really modern party chairs, paint spray painted in gold, 
You see a marble staircase with like cherubs, cherubs, and it's kind of Rococo, it like, actually. Like Rococo it Baroque like, kind of feel, and yes, it was Baroque. They were gold cherubs, but the thing is, they weren't even candelabras. There was no flickering flame. It was electric, and I'm like, what electricity is there in 1147 BC? Magical electricity. Uh, it was so weird. And then when you, like, see inside her private chambers, and you see this gilded blue and red and gold interior, all I thought to myself is, oh, my God, it's, like, an 18th or 19th century French palace. Mm -hmm. Or it could just be Buckingham Palace, because... Who the hell knows? But um, this is not ancient Greek or Roman or anything vaguely ancient. So I was like, okay, I now that's that's where I officially was like, nah, I have to detach because um, electricity, Baroque style cherub lights. Uh, no, no, thank you. So I found it interesting. They again, they took the weaving. Um, kind of trick that Penelope does. Like she's supposed to be weaving Odysseus's burial shroud and every night she unpicks it all and then every day she reweaves it. Right, and she uses that to kind of keep the suitors at bay. Instead of that, I don't know what she's been doing for 10 years uh, because it's apparently not weaving because the weaving doesn't happen until um, the suitors challenge her and say, you have to marry one of us. So come on, stop stalling. Your husband is dead. And she's like, okay, but first I must weave my wedding veil. Except then the next time it's referred to, it's a shroud. So it's, uh, not sure if that was just poor scripting or if they changed the script halfway through and didn't change it consistently. It was just very inconsistent. And who the hell knows, which is why you again have to suspend any kind of anything. Yes. Um, and then she does this weird thing where she's like, my husband is alive. So she goes over to this random water basin fucking takes a sword and just like cuts her hand lets her hand slices her like arm. bleed into the water and just goes athene tell me what's going on and then you have this like cheesy ass voiceover penelope your husband is alive <laughs> he's trapped in this island by the evil goddess calypso and then she's like whoa what the fuck and then she's like i cannot do anything about that but i can just show you the truth the voice is like she he's somewhere you can't reach well that's really unhelpful as it turns out really unhelpful i'm like you're the powerful goddess athena and you're telling me that you are like I have no power other than to just show you a creepy vision of him being fed some petals by a random lady and then told that he's alive, but he can't come home. Cool. Yep. And Calypso, for those who have not watched the movie, Calypso is the person who has the accent change halfway through. The very first scene is Odysseus with her is Odysseus waking up on this beach and she like says basically, hello, Odysseus, whatever. Um, and she's got a very strong, I think it's Greek accent. Which I enjoyed. I felt that worked very nicely. And then every other scene she's in is dubbed with an American accent. So I don't know what happened there. Poor editing. I don't know why they changed it. I thought that the original accent was, was fine. Um, but it was a little bit of a surprise. A little bit of a surprise. It was strange. Um, yeah. It was very strange. And then what's stranger still is that the men have not been turned into animals. They're just bewitched. And yeah, he's... They're doing the lotus eaters thing. Yeah. And and 
then it skips to he's been there for an undisclosed amount of time. And then there's some weird, like, gladiator match going <laughs> on in this, like, Thai temple of meditation. And 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 then it ends with, like, someone getting their heart visibly ripped out. And you're like, oh! <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> and then Odysseus says, I will... F Calypso says the Black Knight has never been defeated. I'm, like, having Monty Python flashbacks. Um, and Calypso says... Uh, no, Odysseus says, then I will fight the Black Knight, essentially looking for suicide by Black Knight. So he walks in front and, like, kneels down and essentially says, kill me! Let me join my wife in the afterworld! And Black Knight, like, takes off the helmet and it's Cersei! Randomly! They're very random. <laughs> it's like they're trying to go for the badass Lord of the Rings, you know, yeah. unveiling, rip the cat the helmet off. I am no man. But like in a much less <laughs> awesome, epic, way. awesome way. It's just sort of randomly done where you just see this like obscured face and then just helmet comes off. I am here to rescue you. Woohoo. <laughs> and you're like Okay. <sighs> So they like they persuade Calypso to let the Calypso to let them go, and it's all very sad. And the actress does have a an interesting crying moment. It's not at all realistic. Um, but then they go and they like wake up his men, and one of them, the old one, wants to stay behind with the the beautiful women who aren't actually beautiful women. Wasn't a massive fan of that mm -hmm. bit actually. Mm -hmm. um, it's a little bit mm -hmm. ageist and mm -hmm. sexist and and all that that good stuff. Um, because when the men are under the spell, the women are like young and beautiful and feeding them grapes. And then Odysseus blows this powder in their face and suddenly they're old women. Um, and the men are like, oh, how disgusting. I let you touch me. You're like, oh my goodness me, honey, you're not a prize. Um, but then the, the older gentleman essentially says, my wife is dead by now. Staying here under this spell with these women young or old or whatever is is a much better fate than anything else i could i could have uh, at home so they kind of embrace and then wander off but they have to go through the underworld like through the underworld it's not even it's like called the paths of the dead which looks like oh yes you're and right it, it honestly just looks like daedalus's labyrinth but built with roman bricks again which annoys the hell out of me <laughs> this really bothers you doesn't it it was horrible <laughs> and so it's just like this gross labyrinth in sewer and with a cyclops with a cyclops randomly in there and also this table of random food where one of his guys dies and i'm not really sure why that's a thing and there was a lot that was unexplained oh but like in that short time where his man man is attacked because he ate some weird food we discover that the sword won't work for Odysseus because it's a sword of Troy and so sword of Troy. only Cersei can apparently wield it so she comes she kind of goes slash she kind of goes slashy slash and and then he turns to stone randomly and then Odysseus kicks him in and he crumbles and I was very confused I was just very confused yep yep and they didn't I was I was sad that they didn't have the whole cyclops tricking the cyclops bit because as previously discussed that's one of my favorite episodes in the odyssey there was there was some trickery odysseus like tricked him into drinking poppy seed um a potion made from poppy seed that is a um soporific so he falls asleep so like i i did appreciate that there was 
there are through the the film there are nods towards Odysseus as an intelligent, cunning person rather than an all-out warrior. But I would have liked to have seen at like at least uh, um, a Cyclops episode that is closer to the original. I would have liked that. Yeah, yeah, and and I well, I have I. Have. Yeah, there was no, there, there was just, there was not even, you know, even after he blinds him with a sword, not, not, not a steaming hot poker, mind you, a fucking sword that he just stabs into the sleeping polyphemus. Um, he doesn't even run off and say, nobody has blinded you. No, nothing, nothing. And then they just conveniently like come out of this cave and their raft is there. And that's the ship. Just like, <laughs> oh, okay, cool. And I was like, what the fuck? Um, yeah, so that was, like, weird. And then after all this, it goes back to Ithaca. And you just get some more, like, suitors harping on Penelope. And then you see a fully grown Telemachus just, like, there. And also Ithaca looked like a medieval Asia. It's got some, like, medieval wall around it, so it's, like, this walled fortress, but also, like, every element, every building has, like, a very Asian look to it. I am very confused, but... this this The whole styling of pretty much everything is a little bit... Off. Just two degrees left of where it should be. Yeah. Um... So, basically, you have Penelope... Being like dramatic and shit, being like, I'm going to kill myself because I don't want to marry these suitors and my husband is probably dead and I don't know what to do. And she's about to like take poison, but then Telemachus comes in and then he's like, Mother, we cannot give up. And she's like, Just go save yourself, go away. Go to Sparta, muster an army and come back. And he's like, Okay, fine, bye. And then she's like, Back to considering suicide. And then it cuts to, you see, Odysseus randomly come walking through in his beggar outfit and then he like runs into Telemachus and it's like oh you poor thing do you need some help you are so kind what is your name ah oh, I am Telemachus <gasps> I'm your daddy <laughs> and you're like what also I was mad there's no Argos there's no dog in this that was a sad and that would have been okay. a nice like two second edition maybe two minute edition but a small edition would have been pleasant it could have replaced so many just unnecessary things. <sighs> so then we, we get we get the rest of the, the story. Odysseus strings his bow and shoots it through the rings and then they kill all the suitors in an appropriately bloody fashion. And then Penelope comes rushing down the marble stairs with the, the cherubs and is like, Telemachus, what is happening? Who are these people? Because Circe comes in. She's left Odysseus on the beach and is like, I'm going to go and adventure and save people. I'll be like Hercules. Oh, honey, you do not want to be like Hercules. Um, so halfway through the suit of the battle, she comes in with her sword and like helps Odysseus and kills people. And it, it's very, very like... It's kind of like a buddy movie in a really weird way. Um, this is the Odyssey as buddy movie. And Telemachus says, oh, this is, this is the king. And Odyssey says, it is I, Penelope, my love. And they do the whole reunion thing. And then they're back on the beach because the Kraken has just kept following them. And apparently the fact that Circe is there means fuck all right now. And also the Kraken can be disguised and deceived. No, the Kraken can be deceived by Circe wearing... 
um, Odysseus's disguise. So apparently being a Trojan is based on visuals rather than some kind of mystic bloodline thing it was it was a little bit strange um and she says i will distract the kraken and ends up being well, essentially eaten um, not not completely because she's still there to have a touching death scene at the end but the kraken kills her despite being trojan uh yeah well it like swallows her but then they attempt to show she like with the sword from Hacked the inside out, yeah. is like hacking because then you see her kind of like tumble out of the hole or that she cut it was it, honestly it was like um it was it, it it reminds me of that scene in hercules the disney animated one right where he's like swallowed by the hydra mm -hmm. and then you just hear <laughs> slash and then he's comes up and he's inside so it's kind of like that but like really cheesy and i have to say for a monster that is supposed to be able to destroy the world and that terrifies the gods it died surprisingly depressingly quickly and it was tiny yes this is not. I was expecting more of a like. If anyone out there has played Final Fantasy X, I was expecting more of a Final Fantasy X end battle <laughs> with this giant sea evil whale thing, and you have to just keep attacking it, and then you have to journey inside it and attack it from the inside. It was absolutely not like that. I was quite disappointed. You know, I would have settled for. I loved, even though it wasn't the best of movies. I loved the Kraken as seen in the 2010 remake of Clash of the Titans. That one was yeah. massive and appropriately scary and amazing and colossal elemental and all these scary things and that was made in 2010 and they had the cgi this was made in 2017 and this looked like a kitschy kitschy cgi it looked kind of like a turtle with no shell with a billion like yeah octopus that, hands that's coming true. out of it that's true like the head i don't yeah. even i don't even know what it, all i know is that they had better CGI in 2010 than 2017, okay? This was just disappointing all around. But, um, yeah, so Cersei, like, falls out of it. There's a really touching death scene. And then she is put on a pyre again under, like, a Thai meditation. Look, Lexi, the ancient world is essentially just one place. There are no cultures and, and distinct groups. It's just all one amalgamation of old shit. Which means it's perfectly acceptable to just cherry pick the bits you want to use. Right, right. No matter, you know, because distance doesn't mean anything. Sure. No. So she's no. buried. Well, she's she's to be burned. Fine. Uh, and then again, I mean, if you're not going to be historically accurate anywhere, then of course I'm not going to expect anything. But it just... It's a small detail, but as a classicist and an admirer, admirer of and, and, and just lover of numismatics, it fucking annoys me. He brings out the coins and puts them on her eyes and kisses her goodbye. And I was like, coins did not exist at all. And even if they did, they're placed in the mouth, not fucking on the eye. I watched that and I thought to myself, Lexi is going to hate this bit. Yes, I did. I was screaming internally. <laughs> I literally hate this. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> Mad face. Very, very angry face. Uh, crazy face. So that's like that's like the, the plot in a nutshell. Um, what did you think of the kind of relationship between Cersei and Odysseus? I thought it was a better love story than Odysseus and Penelope. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, it was. It's like they have this like, well, uh, the uh, either it was the actors or it was the way that it was written. I don't know. Either either way, the chemistry was just better between those two actors, and you could tell that the person writing the script clearly wanted them to have this like really almost innuendo-y kind of relationship that I felt, and then I felt that the mm-hmm. actors appropriately portrayed enough of a sort of tension, like an unresolved sort of sexual tension there that it's kind of like, okay. You know, I was, I was actually disappointed by the end that when she died, he didn't at least kiss her. Yeah, I know. It's horrible. But, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I really liked her because it was something different. Mm-hmm. And, and... Yeah, I didn't want her to die. Um, no, she was good. I did. I she was probably my favorite character. I she think. was my favorite character, but that's not saying very much because they all fucking sucked. <laughs> <laughs> like she was the only decent one there. But yeah, I don't know. And in terms of, well, I will say this: this movie did nothing to make me like or appreciate any of these characters more. Um, like I I think they were trying to make us like Odysseus more by having Cersei mm-hmm. be like you're noble and you're my friend and you saved me and now I save you and you're kind and then you had him be very tried to be very loyal to Penelope but I'm also like yeah but the real well the quote unquote real the original one was just kind of an ass so mm-hmm. I wasn't very moved I liked Mm, yeah, I f- I did feel like this Odysseus. You're right, definitely more on the scale of morality, more on like the lawful good end of things. Um, and I I did feel again the acting was not spectacular, but I did feel like the actor was trying really hard to portray this deep emotional connection between Odysseus and his wife. And like, he clearly is wanting to get back home and he like talks about here and Telemachus like pretty regularly. And it's, it's, it's a different Odysseus to the one that we see in the source material. And I think that that for the story that was being told here, I think that was necessary. Um, I don't, I, I don't think it, it makes me like, Odysseus as a character much more because this is they changed enough of him that he's not really Odysseus anymore um like with with some of the other ones with Helen when we watched Helen of Troy that made me like Helen because and again it's it's the benefit of not having a lot of material to go on right because in the Iliad you don't really get a lot of Helen so it makes writers much more free to change what they want and it can still be Helen because we don't know any better. With this one, we know so much about Odysseus as he's written that the changes kind of make him not really Odysseus anymore. Um, but I did, I did appreciate what they tried to do with the character. Yeah, well, you know, at least I didn't hate Telemachus in this one. I just kind of felt, yeah, he was better. I just kind of felt like mm, don't really care. <clears throat> just sort of ambivalent, completely, completely ambivalent toward him. Priam, well, okay, I just want to know, why on earth would you call this movie Troy the Odyssey? Just (laughs) pick one. I know you end with, like, and you allude to the Iliad, but this is not the Iliad, okay? Um, So I just, I have problems with the name. 
as well. I, I have problems with everything. I did not like this at all. I would probably never rewatch this unless I really had some drinks and it was like four in the morning and I had pizza <laughs> and I had people with me. Better or worse than um, Odysseus Journey to the Underworld? Okay, see, I... I like Odysseus Journey of the Underworld because of just that sort of sentimental factor. And mm, I see. the thing is, even though it's bonkers and it's wrong, at least the sets and all the other costumes and so at least they're like, you know, it, it's, there's continuity there. Mm -hmm. So like this one was 10 times more anachronistic and all these different cultures being crammed into one and... I think the acting was better in the other one. Yes, it definitely was. <laughs> like, like the bar is not high. And it had Christos. I mean, and it had Christos. Like the the, the bar <laughs> was not high for either one in terms of the acting, but like, mm -hmm. also that one at least had continuity with the accents. This one was just first. I'm hearing French, then it's Greek, then it's American, then it's an aggressive rah rah Aussie. I was like not into it. Um. No, I think this is... It did, yeah, it didn't help with the suspension of disbelief that is required for movies like this. I just... No, I I will say um, I didn't think it, I was going to find something I that was worse than Odysseus' Voyage to the Underworld, but no, the, for me, this is it. Somehow you did. Somehow I've sunk to a new <laughs> low and I found something that I really, really don't like. I would give everyone involved, like, D minus zero out of ten. An F. Would you recommend it to anyone for anything other than I don't know masochistic viewing? Um, like, does it reach the "it's so bad, it's amusing" category yet? No, because that would imply also that at least either the acting is good, the actors are like mm. I don't know because I like I I I want to be able to say it's the so bad it's good. But even with the movies that I think that are so bad that they're good, they have a certain je ne sais quoi that this one completely lacks. To me, mm -hmm. no, this one is just bad. And if I would just put it this way, if we weren't reviewing the whole thing, I actually would have just shut it off after the first 10 minutes because I really had to sit down and force myself to watch. And even then it was hard. So actually mm -hmm. I will admit to... Um, playing solitaire on my phone as I watched because I was like, I can't just sit and watch. I need to do something with my hands or feel mm -hmm. like I'm doing something productive. And well, my winning percentage on solitaire needed me. This movie did not. So <laughs> um, I would just say for me and anyone who, you know, has eyes or any appreciation for the ancient world, you're going to hate this as much as I did. But see, that's the thing. I want to say, okay, maybe... I would recommend it for someone who wasn't a classicist, didn't get a degree, just had a passing vague interest in sort of adventure movies set in the ancient world. But the thing is, I found it just so, it's so anachronistic that I think that even if you were just an enthusiast of the ancient world, I think you would be thrown with how modern things look, how just... Even if you didn't major in it, you know what ancient Greek things look like. You know what ancient Rome looks like. And the fact is, when you have other movies that do a better job, or even if they're also, like, shit movies because plot is bad, acting is bad, at least you can lean back on, like, 
the cinematography is not as kitschy and the set design is better the costuming is better mm-hmm. um no i don't i would only recommend this if you are intent on just literally vegging out torturing yourself yeah like i i, I want to know who could get through this because i have questions i I, <laughs> I to me i'd say it's offensive to anyone with eyes what about you? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, I, I don't think I could. Like, the only way I got through it was by switching on my analysis. Because the acting is, it's bad. The plot isn't terribly compelling. I didn't really feel a lot for any of the major characters. So even, sometimes even if the acting is interesting, if you have some kind of connection to the characters, you can, like, live through it. I don't know. Unless it was some kind of um, drinking game where you drink every time there's a new accent uh, or an accent switch. I could see that being amusing. <laughs> but no, generally, I don't I don't think so. Well, would you recommend it to a non-classicist to watch? I don't know. I mean... If I was specifically asked for a bad movie, then yes. I'm not going to like call my friends and say, you should watch this film um, really ever. Like maybe if, th- maybe if there's a classicist on Twitter soliciting suggestions for awful classics movies to show at the end of the semester or something like that, then yes, I would say, have you considered uh, Odyssey, <laughs> uh, Troy, an Odyssey? But... No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be top of my list for, for things to give my friends to watch for an evening. Oof. Uh, although I know you didn't like Odysseus' Voyage to the Underworld, no. so how would you compare the two? It's difficult because the acting is definitely better in Troy. No, in Odyssey to an under to the Underworld. I think I did enjoy this one more. The Underworld one. It just irritated me because it was so random it was just so weird like we've got why are there vampires why what why is there a hellfire cross why is jesus apparently a greek now and wandering through wearing bones and burying himself to avoid vampires just i mean that that definitely does reach the status of so bad it's amusing but i think i enjoyed this more as a reception of the odyssey well, it did have more in it. Because I feel like it was actually using the Odyssey. No one in involved in the production of, of Journey to the Underworld actually read the source material. I think they may have, like, skimmed the Wikipedia article while very drunk one evening. <laughs> like, that's the level of engagement there. It's this one, at least, someone has done some kind of research in the original story and tried to do something interesting with it. And I think that's my main appreciation of the film. The costumes are appalling. The acting is just fascinating from an intellectual standpoint. <laughs> and the characters are very frustrating. But it's interesting to me because I can see what they're using from the Odyssey and how they're adapting a very long story to a relatively short film. Um, some of the choices are a bit odd. Like I said, the Kraken instead of the actual sea monsters involved in the story why but i found it more interesting as a piece of classical reception okay i mean that's fair um but okay so so as casual viewers and classicists 
Like, if we were to dig a bit deeper beyond the superficial, mm -hmm. can you vaguely even hint and figure out, like, what would be the deeper message that the producers are trying to... Because that's the thing. Like, Voyage to the Underworld is terrible, but the thing is, you can clearly tell they have, like, a super Christian agenda. And so, like, while it's random and it's bad, like, I can kind of see why they would try to put that in. Like, like, you know, even if I don't agree with it, I can see kind of what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. This one, though, I was, like, at a loss. I don't... I don't know, like, what... I was trying to think to myself, okay, well, what would be the underlying motivation? Is there, like, a lesson that you're trying to impart that you're just making, you know, this soapy, funny, sort of weird thing? But, like... I don't know, because I just feel like I'm maybe maybe it's a bit old school, but I'm of the opinion that like if you're gonna spend a lot of money and make a film, I yeah, you make it to make money, but like there's gotta be some underlying reason. Like you wouldn't just make a random movie for like no reason, mm -hmm. right? I suspect what they were trying to do is because we've had a Troy movie and it was <laughs> I have a one-year-old trying to break down my study door so I think what they were trying to do was something like the Troy movie obviously with a much smaller budget it's not a big blockbuster Hollywood type movie but the the Troy movie kind of took the story of the Iliad and tried to make it relatable and more mm, ethical in terms of a modern framework. I think this movie is trying to do the same with the Odyssey <laughs> by removing or by recasting Odysseus as this faithful, faithful, lovesick, kind of homesick husband just trying to get back to his wife. Like he's done his duty at war and he is just trying to go home. And I suspect that's why they didn't push the Circe-Odysseus romance angle because they're trying to make it more palatable to um, like modern ethics. Okay, I'll buy it. Although, what else? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll buy it. You're like, but all fine. Is in Troy Fall of the City, that Odysseus with much less material and not even the center of the story, he conveyed how much he did not want to go great. to war and the cost and he tried to play crazy and he almost killed his son with the plow because he did not want to go and he wasn't even the center of the story and yet he conveyed more that he was like mm -hmm. duty was his thing so i'm like yeah okay fine i'll buy it but i'm also mm -hmm. like but we've seen things that show us there's a better way yeah it's been done better it's been done better. Okay. I mean, hey, I'm glad that you can kind of see, find any underlying, any message. <laughs> well, after raging last week as much as I did against the Underworld movie, I think I think I, I kind of got some of my aggression out. So now I've got some more patience for bad movies again. Well, I, at least we got to flip roles. This time it was me just ranting and raving about how <laughs> awful and how much I hate this and how just it makes no sense and it's just random. But yeah, what a, what a role reversal for me, eh? Yep. <laughs> oh, God. Well, whatever we 
do you know i the next one's gotta be better right like it cannot be i think i think it has to be like i know last week we were saying that we've hit rock bottom but can we say well i will say for me this was rock bottom and it only can get better it can't get worse let's be honest although can it because that's what we said last week oh god that's true that's true let's hope it doesn't get worse let's hope although the next one is a novelization, so I'm sure that that can't be... And, and, and we give more latitude to authors as well, because they have more time to develop people. Um, as long as we don't get cheesy voiceover gods, because that was... Like, that was just insufferable. Like, okay, fine, you're going to have the gods, you're going to have one voiceover, and that's it. And it's... Uh, I, I have questions. I have thoughts. I have many things to say about this, but all I think I'll do is, can I just like erase my computer's history so you can't tell that I ever watched this? Yes, I think I think that's reasonable. Oh gosh. Well, let's hope that it's better next week. And uh, I'm very happy, I don't know about you, but I am so happy to put this chapter far behind us. This um, will definitely be the first and only time that I ever, ever watch this because blech. And on that positive note, thank you all on for joining us. Let yes. us know what you think. Is this as bad as Lexi thinks? Is there some regime quality? Who the hell knows? But we'd like to hear your opinions. Yes, please, please do. And then join us next week for our next ancient story. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a review. And you can also follow us on social media at The Reading Party Podcast. If you'd like to leave us a book or movie suggestion, then email us at thereadingpartypod at gmail.com. See you next week.